Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Our number one of the get right with Reggie KG on your home of the American League champion Texas Rangers. 105 3 the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yo. Larry D. Flores holding it down for you. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckbreak.com text line. 877-81-1053. 877-81-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation, we're with you for the next four hours here on 105.3 The Fan, at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Attitude, if you want to get at us on Twitter coming up in 19 minutes. Kennedy Landry of MLB.com covering the Texas Rangers is going to join us via the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline to get us ready for Game 1 of the World Series taking place at Globe Life Field between your Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. First pitch tomorrow night at 7.03 at Globe Life Field as the Texas Rangers host Games one and two for the very first time in franchise history of the World Series. At 8.20 tonight, Tim Cato of The Athletic going to be joining us to talk a little Mavs basketball after what was a, a nice win on the road to open up their season against Victor Wimanyama and the San Antonio Spurs. Tim Cato of The Athletic at 8.20. And our guy Carter Freeman going to talk some college football at week nine to get you ready for some big-time college football action this upcoming weekend because we won't be on air again until presumably the earliest Wednesday. Why? Why? For what reason? Why would they do us the indignity of taking us off the air, KG? Because the Rangers in the World Series, damn oh, it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Shout out to the Rangers. So uh, we'll be off for a little while. So got to talk a little college football tonight as well. Uh, but let's talk a little Cowboys to start off our conversation tonight. By the way, stars are in action tonight as they take on the Toronto Maple Leafs, which kicks off, Reg, a hell of a weekend in DFW sports when you think about all the things taking place between the Stars yep. and the Maple Leafs. You've got the Mavericks hosting the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow night at the American Airlines Center. Yeah, I imagine that one's going to be a little bit less trafficked than typically That's right. it would. Uh, because a whole bunch of people are going to be at Globe Life Field for Game 1 of the World Series. you got Game 2 of the World Series on Saturday. And then that's right. The Cowboys play the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday at high noon at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. So it's going to be a little busy uh, around these parts over the next few days here. You love to see it. You do love to see it like that. Good, good sports happening. A lot of good things to be uh, to be taken in this weekend. And one of those is championship level sports and championship level baseball for your Texas Rangers. So I'm, I'm excited. It should be fun. And I don't know. I'm my, my keister might be glued to the sofa this weekend <laughs> with all the things that I'm trying to consume. Uh, plenty to consume. And we'll start with the Cowboys because as they come off their bye week at four and two, they welcome in a Los Angeles Rams team, took a really bad loss at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers this past Sunday. And now Matthew Stafford, Puka Nakua and others looking to deal with Dan Quinn's defense. But let's wow, go. You, you went Matthew Stafford and Puka Nakua and didn't even talk about the best player on that team, huh? Aaron Donald, he yep. plays defense. So? I was talking about the offense oh, okay. in relation to you know Dan Quinn having to deal with all that. Are you trying to say I had Cooper Cup slanders? what you're trying to do there? That's also another thing that you did. 
It's Puka Nakua time, okay? Okay. He's the man around them parts. If you say so. I mean, he did win uh, Rookie of the Week this week as well. So It's been so good for them. He has been good. Uh, someone who's been pretty good so far this season. Who could that be? Uh, that'd be one Rain Dakota Prescott, uh, depending on the day for some people. But he talked with the media today, and he talked with us, had a chance to hang out at the Star today. Uh, shout out to Christy Scales, who uh, hipped us to some free lunch today for the media. We had no idea. So as we were walking back up the stairs to get ready for, you know, media availability, Christy's like, hey, why don't y'all go over here and go get this free food? We were like, oh, free food? Are you stunned on the air right now because you got no, to eat for free today? No, because it's very rare when I get to eat for free these days. Oh, okay. You know, got a wife and kid, you know, that it's very rare. So I had to take advantage of that particular moment. Sure, today. absolutely. Uh, but Dak Prescott did talk to the media today and had some interesting things to say about when it comes to his ability to run the football from the 817. Not even going to mention Daryl Henderson. That's either, right. Huh? How could you do that? You didn't say nothing about Kyron Williams. I know he's on the IR, but he's on the team. I'm about to say, wait a minute. He's not even going to play this weekend. 2 2 Atwell slander? That's crazy, dog. Somebody got at me on the text the other night. Like, oh, you're not going to mention 2 2 Atwell on this, on this thing? Look, man, I can't name all of them. Uh, he hates Tyler Higby. That's crazy. I mentioned him actually the other night. What are you doing right now? Being a jerk. All right. Um, well, let's talk Dak Prescott because. I want to play, uh, Larry, let's hit, uh, hit me with cut number one with Dak Prescott because some of the things that he did well against the Chargers was able to run the football. Yep, definitely added a different element to the game. Mm-hmm. With a scramble drill, it was able to run on a d- nice design run for, you know, 18-yard touchdowns. So in the midst of our conversations today, I posed a question to Dak Prescott, uh, Larry, cut number one here. Uh, Dak, do you want to see more designed runs within this offense? That's what he had to say. Uh, it is what it is. Whatever the coaches ask me to do, uh, I'm up for it. Um, and that's kind of how I've always been. Uh, but obviously, haven't been injured in the past, running the ball. Um, that's not something that I know that we're coming in. Yeah, let's put this many quarterback runs in. But situationally, down a distance, where we are on the field, um, yeah, there's always going to be a few of those. And when they're called, I'm excited about it. Obviously, we had one last week just pop and go for a touchdown. Um, but, but you can look in the past, and there's been a couple called throughout early in the year, but to say the numbers are going to increase, we don't want to give away a game plan if they are. Your thoughts on that initial answer from Dak Prescott on whether or not he wants more designed runs in the offense. It feels like it falls in line with a lot of Dak Prescott's uh, responses when talking about this offense, which is kind of towing the company line. And I mean that to say, hey, man, I'm doing what the coaches uh, want me to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I mean, that seems to be falling in line just with the general ethos that Dak Prescott has had in his time with Dallas, which is just giving the stoic quarterback, uh, you know, milk toast answer. But I think there also seems to be a tinge, and you tell me if I'm wrong here and if this is just the prism that I'm looking at it through. Um, there seems to be a tinge of just like, uh, and I feel like a lot of people who have worked have this. I'm just doing what my bosses tell me, right? <laughs> a, a level of disassociation in a way. Um, and you can just, just tell me, <laughs> am I just a disgruntled employee in that way? Is that just me? Uh, no, but like, I, th- there is seems to be a tinge of like, I just work here. They'll tell me what, uh, where, where we're going there in that regard, and we'll go with that. That's that's the way that I kind of hear. It. But of course, the major, most, uh, the biggest thing is just I go where the coaches want me to go. They are the they you know are the directions of this team. So I go I go as they tell me. For the eight one seven, my man doesn't sound convincing there. Uh, very, I mean, I guess I'll do it vibes. I think that's what I was trying to lay down, right? Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. So let's go with cut number two, Larry. So Ed Warder asks the follow-up question, do you like playing with that running and scrambling style in this offense? Yeah, I do. Um, whether, it's, whether it's a called run, 
whether it's scrambling, uh, which is something I, I was just a little bit more conscious of, and especially coming out of the week before of uh, what, what can I add, but not necessarily taking away or um, getting away from what we do and who we are. And that is just something I felt, as I said in the past, have had a lot of success at it and uh, just kind of using that in my game. And that's when I feel free at times. And so, um, yeah, just just listening to my feet and playing the game and not, not I don't want to say doing too much or thinking too much, but just going and playing ball at times. So he likes that kind of play, being able to utilize his legs, run around a little bit, and make plays. So, again, you juxtapose that answer with the initial one that he gave about, look, man, I'm just doing this when they're, you know, when they're calling for me to do it. Sure. But then he says, well, I do like to play this way, which then gets me to cut number three. Mm-hmm. Clarence Hill then follows that answer up with, are you at your best as a dual threat quarterback? Uh, I mean, I'm not as fast as I, as I once was, or, you know, as I, I don't know if I ever was fast, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess in a sense, when the threat's there, let's just say that, when the threat's there, um, maybe, and I'm at not only, not only my, I feel like I'm at my best, but also just the, the team and just, uh, that's another weapon. It's another weapon guys got to account for on defense, which then that little half a second or whatever, quarter of a second, Allows TP when he has the ball to, you know what I mean, get away from a backside defender. It allows receivers when I break out of the pocket, get away from their man. Uh, so it just, it's a bonus. It's a bonus. Now, I bring this conversation to the table because we saw how successful Dak was running the football against the Chargers. And one of the things I want to see more from this offense, especially from a design standpoint, is his ability to utilize his legs to make this offense a little bit more dynamic, to threaten defenses in yet another way. Is that something that you feel like can be capable in this offense with Mike McCarthy running it, or is it more so of a function of let's get this Texas Coast thing rolling, you play to the progression, you play to what you need to do, and then you can make some things happen based off scrambling if it isn't there based off of what you see trying to throw the football? Yeah, I, I think you I think you identified part of it, which is it, it design runs don't entirely fit in with the scheme that you've put in that, that you know, very much footwork-driven West Coast, Texas Coast offense that they've developed. Um, in theory, some of these running plays, although like outside of just like a quick quarterback draw or something, would be a little bit more developing, and then it'd be a little bit of a deviation from what you do passing-wise. And then I think our text line, truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053 is the number if you want to text in. They've gotten to one of the other things, which is organizationally, is be it has been made very clear that the priority is to keep him healthy. And when you saw that injury that happened with him, the leg on that, you know, the one scramble out, that definitely changed a lot of the perspective on it. It's particularly when you look at the amount of money that he's paid, the ways in which they feel about when he has to miss time, they want to mitigate that as a possibility and not having him exposed too much to that opportunity. Now he can get hurt playing any sort of quarterback, right in the pocket, all those types mm-hmm. of things, but. Even if there is just a feeling, and like I think it's fair to you know assume or may you know maybe talk from a place where if you are running the football, there is a, a increased risk of injury. Um, even if it's just an assumption, I think it's fair that they go and yeah, no, we don't necessarily want to do too much of that. Now you can do things like RPOs and such to even give the impression that that is a possibility and make the defenses have to consider that. And I think that's there. There needs to be some level of middle ground there, and I think that that's probably what Dak would like. I think that's what's probably some of what's called for from this offense because that last question, the last answer of you know if that would be pragmatic, if it'd be good, 
Um, I think that's a very that's a very static answer. That's a very you know in a vacuum answer. If you ask about any quarterback with a you know a modicum of mobility, the answer is yes. This is this is good. This is pragmatic. This helps what's happening here. Makes defense defenses not have to account for ten players, but account for eleven. Mm-hmm. It changes the numbers on this. Like obviously. Um, so I, I think that there's there's a level of there needs to be there needs to find some middle ground in there, and we've seen a little bit of you know running right. Mm-hmm. We, the reason why this conversation comes up is because the times that we've seen it, it's been so effective. Um, I think some of us are just like, look, man, utilize that more to your advantage, particularly when you look around and you see some of the other things that you've put into place aren't as effective as you want them to be in this moment. And part of it, too, is the running game hasn't been nearly as effective that we thought it was going to be coming into the season. And maybe that's another dimension that Dak Prescott can add to the rushing attack with his ability to be able to run the football a little bit. And I take it to the other point, too, being. For Mike McCarthy as a play caller, if he's going to make things as easy on Dak in this office that he can with the the progressions, with the reads, with the you know the quick drops in terms of his footwork, why not? If you're looking at how to make this offense a little bit more dynamic, which we have had questions about so far, putting some of those more elements in there to allow him to play at his very best, so that this offense can be just a bit more imaginative and creative based on some of the playmakers that you have, because I feel like that's some of the what's missing right now. And that's some of the explosive plays, but also some of the different creative ways that you can make that happen as well. All right, so at the end of that first clip, the one, the question that you asked mm-hmm. yourself um, when you were up at the star, we have someone on the text line that is saying that we missed a little bit. There's there At the very end, he says... Um, you know, something to the effect of, I don't want to give our game plan away, right? When, you know, talking about, will will these increase? I don't want to give the game plan away. Sure. They're viewing it as that that's an element that very well going forward, they might have more opportunities in the game plan. And there's a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of that type of feeling with Mike McCarthy throughout the season, right? We've heard you're not giving, you know, not giving the entirety of the plays away, right? Like not, not dumping the whole bag out, things of that nature. How much do you believe in that aspect of the ways that or how much that is that actually a factor, right? The idea that they have more things that they're not just putting all of their cards on the table to begin with. Because I know there's been some frustration about the idea of we understand you want to hold some things back, but what your the cards that you're playing right now aren't sufficient. Yeah, and I'm wondering, okay, so when is that time going to be? Like we're now about to be to their seventh game of the season. Yeah, but I mean it's it's a long season. Seven games does not represent a giant portion of your of your season. Well, I guess that gets back to my original question: How much longer sure. do we need to wait for all of these elements, or even more of these elements, from a creative standpoint? We start to see because as we get deeper and deeper to the season, are we waiting until you play the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the Philadelphia Eagles twice? When are you still going to start showing some of these things? Because you're going to need all of that and then some to beat some of these quote-unquote upper echelon teams in the NFL. And I want to start to see some of that. And if there is some of those elements of Dak Prescott running that they have just decided not to uh, relieve or release as of yet, okay, I can buy that. We just haven't seen it quite yet, and I'm wondering, is it coming, or is it something that we just saw based off of some of the breakdowns that may have been happening with the offensive line protection, which wasn't necessarily great against the Chargers when we last saw them play on that Monday night. When you bring up offensive line, I think it's worth noting some of the news of the day. That's right. Which is that Tyron Tyron Smith, your, you know staple at left tackle, Mm -hmm. and also noted injury-prone guy at this point, 
has appeared on the injury report coming off of a bye week uh, with a neck injury. Yeah, stinger apparently. As if, far as if neck that is ain't concerned. if that ain't the the area of the body that doesn't cause you the most concerns, because one thing about it is trick necks, trick backs. They don't stop tricking in my <laughs> estimations, and this this feels like an. Uh, you know, a, a testament to that. And so where where does your mind go when you first hear that or first, uh, you know, are notified that, hey, man, Tyron Smith back on the injury report and it's this one in particular. It's a neck stinger. It's Thursday. I mean, unfortunately, this is something that we've grown accustomed to over the last several years. But you talk about the severity and what that could be in terms of a neck injury. That's not something that you want to take lightly at all. Hello, Leighton Vanderesh, who's currently on the IR right now with a neck injury. So that's something that's going to be a developing story as the rest of the weekend goes on, now bringing into question whether or not Tyron Smith can play on Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams. But again, yet another element on why maybe we'll see Dak you know, run a little bit because you may have a compromised offensive line that may not necessarily be able to hold up uh, the way that we saw them against the Chargers that Monday night. So I thought just an interesting discussion. And not incredible Chargers defense, mind you. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Um, so just, again, wanting to see more elements of this offense, and maybe this is a portion that we can get back to some of because Dak is very capable and very good at utilizing his legs uh, as far as this offense is concerned. Chargers. Chargers. Rams, Cowboys. It's one of them L.A. teams. <laughs> this is the third consecutive California team. It was the 49ers. The Chargers and now the Rams uh, in their last three games. So they're just taking on all of California at this particular point. Um, Real quick before we go, yeah. I got, look, we try and do things for our fans, for our yeah. Tolos when we can from the 214. Can you give my daughter Natalie a shout out? We're Tolo right now. We're on our way to jiu-jitsu practice. She's a jiu-jitsu tournament on Saturday. Shout out to Natalie, who apparently is a a bad little girl that you don't want to mess with. It sounds like, yeah, we're not trying to fight Natalie. And I mean bad in a good way. Yeah. Mm Because I know some people don't. You just don't want to mess with her. Sound like Natalie could whoop our ass. That's right. Shout out to you, Natalie. Uh, Coming up next here, we get you ready for game one of the World Series between your Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Kennedy Landry of MLB.com joins us next on 105.3 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. How cool is it to hear Chuck Morgan every time on these airways announcing the fact that the Rangers are American League champions and they're on this station? It's great, man. It's great, like... 
<laughs> I don't even know how to like explain it. And yeah. I'm I'm not the one of these people that's been in the market for 20, 30 years that's watched this go through all of the roller coasters. Mm-hmm. And then it's the, the nostalgia of hearing Chuck Morgan, especially when it goes back to like all those summer nights that you would just be spending at the ballpark yeah. in the heat hearing that voice. So I can't imagine what it feels like to once again hear him talk about the Rangers being the AL champions. And now getting a chance to hear him, you know, announce those names in the World World Series. I almost said the World Cup. It's a, it's, it's a world something. That's, that's very much so. Sorry, I was just reading about Jerry Jones and the World Cup and that's them, right. them trying to get grass in the stadium. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I get for trying to read in the middle of this uh, breaks. <laughs> Multitasking. It's the get right for Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reggie Latatula. Yep. Larry D. Flores holding it down for you here. Let's go to the Boomer Jacks. Bar and Grill Hotline, where the center of the baseball world will descend upon Globe Life Field. Our next guest has been covering this team throughout the course of the season for MLB.com. Proud LSU Tiger, one of the favorites here on the Get Right. Kennedy Landry joining us here on 105 through the fan. Kennedy, what's going on? Hello, hello. How are y'all? I was excited for this. Go Tigers always, but we're locked in on the World Series right now. Absolutely. And, I mean, just to start, for you as you know a person covering this team, how fun has this ride been thus far and knowing that you're going to be able to cover a team in the World Series? Yeah, yeah, this is great. Obviously, I've only been on the beat for three years now, but it's been a long journey watching this team come out of, out of the rebuild, the 102 lost season a couple of years ago, and just being around these guys every day, it's, you see how excited they are for this, and it's an exciting thing for me to cover as a journalist. It's, uh, it's really a dream come true, and I'm excited for these next seven, well, hopefully less than seven games. Now, one thing I do want to get your opinion on is we've obviously we get a chance to talk to like Jared and Matt Hicks and Eric Nadell and their perspective, but you you obviously operate in a perspective that's supposed to be just a little bit more neutral. And so, over the course of your three years, what do you see as a distinct difference between a team that loses a hundred plus games and a team that is now slated to compete for the World Series championship? I mean, I think first and foremost, when you look at championship teams, it begins and ends in defense. We know the, the cliche defense wins championships, but I really do think that Bruce Bochy had a good quote today that said, you know, the hitting comes and goes, the pitching comes and goes, but one thing you can always do is throw the ball and catch the ball. Um, but that's the one thing you can always control in this game. And I think when you look from 21 to 22 to 23, the defense across the field is a marked difference from, you know, Nathaniel Lowe being a gold glove finalist from being last in almost every defensive metric at first base last year to, to Corey Seager being just a steady hand at shortstop Marcus Simeon being who Marcus Simeon has been at second base these last few years. Um, and Josh Young just looking at, I was told, you know, when I took over this beat that Josh Young's glove is like one, one thing that he's not great at and he looks phenomenal at third base. So I think, you know, that's where the success begins and ends is with the fundamentals. And then you go from there with the leadership of Bruce Bochy with just the talent on the field and everything that goes into it. But but everything that I see starts with the the fundamentals. Kennedy, what has surprised you most about this run for the Rangers to the world series here? I I think the bullpen, you know, Bruce Bochy obviously is a bullpen master. He knows how to, you know, navigate these things. We saw it for so many years in in San Francisco. You know, the Rangers were at the losing end of one of those. But I I think, you know, him navigating that well, knowing what button to push and win, um, you know, Jose LeClerc really turning into who we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season down the stretch has been phenomenal. And Josh Spores has, knock on wood, yet to allow a run in this postseason. So I think that's really been the the biggest thing for me. And, you know, it hasn't been without 
you know, it's bumps in the road, but that's been definitely something that I wasn't expecting coming into this. I thought, you know, they would have to score a lot of runs and the starting pitching would have to always put it out of reach of the bullpen. And, you know, they've been able to win a couple of close games, both in Baltimore and in Houston. Now, Kennedy, we're, in, we're talking to Kennedy Landry of MLB.com right here on 105 through the fan. Now, Kennedy, I, I was able to ask this question to Matt Hicks yesterday and so I'm interested in your answer because um you know this these two teams have faced off in four games in this this you know season and the Rangers had a one and three record what do you remember from those two you know pairs of games in in May and then also in August yeah you know I actually was off for that series in uh when they went to Arizona in August um so I was looking back at that and I, I remember watching it on tv but I wasn't actually present um, and if you rem- I think we all remember correctly, that's one of um, Bruce Bochy's – one of the few things that I've maybe questioned him majorly on this season is he, he pulled Jordan Montgomery probably earlier than he should have in one of those games, and then they went to the ninth with a 1-0 lead. They ended up going to extras. Um, they took a lead in the 10th, and then the, the bullpen blew a save later, I think, in the 10th or the 11th. Um, and, and we can look at that and how, you know, Will Smith was the closer at that point and different bullpen roles have changed since then. Um, and I, but I think one major thing is that, you know, from August to now, this is not the same Rangers team uh, for, from top to bottom. Obviously, you have, you know, Marcus Caminas played 100, 162 games. Nathaniel Lowe's played 161. And, but, but back in August, you know, a few guys are out with injuries. A few guys are coming back from injuries, not back at full strength. Nathan Avaldi, I believe, was also on the, on the IL at that point. Evan Carter was probably in Frisco, for all we know. I, I, don't, even, I don't think he had been called up to AAA yet. So I think that's the main thing when I think about how these two teams have faced off a few times this year and the, and the Rangers don't have a good record against them. I don't think that's really in a way to predict how this World Series will go because I just don't think this is the same Rangers team. Kennedy Landry of MLB.com covering the Texas Rangers joining us here on the Get Rights with Reggie KG here on 105 through the fans. We get you set for game one of the World Series between the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. You talked about a little bit with this pitching staff in terms of the, you know, the bullpen. Jordan Montgomery and also Nathan Evaldi at the top, I mean, basically have been the two guys for this pitching staff at the top of the rotation that have gotten them through this playoffs. Are you surprised at how much they have been depended upon to try and get this done, given what this team's trying to accomplish right now? Uh, I, I mean, I'm not surprised that, you know, they needed to lean on these two guys. I'm more surprised that it's worked, honestly. I, I think the 2019 Nationals showed us you can kind of – you can win a World Series with three-and-a-half pitchers. Uh, and the Rangers are trying to do that with, with two-and-a-half starting pitchers right now, um, with Max Scherzer obviously coming off the IEL to, to start his two games against Houston. So I, I think when you look at this, you know, Nathan Avaldi is a postseason legend. He's one of the greatest postseason pitchers of this generation. And, and Jordan Montgomery is really driving his uh, free agency price up this postseason with how well he's done. So I think, I'm, again, I'm not surprised that they've needed to lean on these two guys, and they've provided so much so much length and just quality innings throughout this entire postseason. But I'm more shocked that it's worked and they've been able to to win other games that these two haven't started. Now, Kennedy, what what thread, what, um, I guess, you know, like what storyline are you most focused on going into this World Series tomorrow evening? I'm personally very excited to see, you know, the, the battle of rookie of the year candidates going on here in this World Series. Obviously, Corbin, Corbin Carroll has been phenomenal for the Diamondbacks. He's probably a shoe-in for NL rookie of the year. And Josh Young would have been right up there with him had the injury not, you know, sidelined him for about six weeks. So 
So I think that'll be a very interesting storyline to follow. I think um, a lot of people, especially people who are like into prospects, are very excited about that. Um, and it's just a, it's a very interesting thing to look at about how these two teams are really constructed a little bit differently. Um, you know, a lot of Arizona's young upstarts and, and you know, Brandon Fott obviously had a great uh, NLCS against the Phillies. A lot of young guys and the Rangers have a lot of young guys as well, but they also have a, a few more veterans at the top of this lineup, um, obviously with Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. So I think, you know, people are saying this is a boring World Series, X, Y, Z. I think if it's a boring World Series, then you probably just don't like baseball all that much because there's a lot to, to get out of this. A lot of superstars um, on the Rangers side, a lot of superstars in the making on the other side of the field in, in Arizona as well. Um, and I think Evan Longoria getting back to the World Series about like 15 years after <laughs> he did it as a rookie uh, in, in Tampa is also a very interesting storyline, I think, to follow as a, as a baseball fan. Um, so I, I, there's a lot of things, like I said, that, that you can look forward to this week. Someone who has been the very definition of the opposite of boring is Adolis Garcia so far <laughs> in these playoffs. Um, obviously, what he did in the American League Championship Series was epic for him. How does he continue this toward run that he is on, given what Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon are going to have to do at the top of the lineup? How does Adolis Garcia continue to keep this going? Yeah, I mean, th this is a guy, I think we've said it a lot over the last week, he's the emotional backbone of this team. Uh, you know, he, he's not the best hitter. That's obviously Corey Seager. And he's not, you know, the, the team captain. That's more of a Marcus Simeon. But Adolis Garcia has been pretty much everything for this team and what he's able to do in the middle of this lineup. And I think all he has to do is, is drive and run. You know, that's his job behind Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and, and Evan Carter, all of these guys who get on base a ton. Uh, that, that's all he has to do is, you know, stay controlled, not try to do too much. Um, he, he's a guy who knows he can carry a team, but he has to not try to carry the team. Um, just simply by him existing, going up there, having a simple plan, I think he's, he'll be able to – easily carry that performance from the, the ALCS over to the World Series. And, I mean, we've seen it all throughout these three years that he has the ability to break open at any time. If, he, if he's slumping, if he's struggling, it, it only takes one. And I think he's very capable of doing that. Kennedy, before we let you go, I kind of want to take a step back from the team itself and talk about the postseason as a whole in general. This is the first postseason that we got with the full new instituted rules for MLB. And one thing that I think everybody loves about postseason baseball is the stakes. But do you feel like you know the, the product was made better? How did you feel? What was the what was the change in the feel of playoff based postseason baseball thus far with the rule changes that have been implemented? Yeah, absolutely. I think, honestly, this is the first year I haven't been able to, to sit down and actually watch a lot of postseason baseball because it's, it's the first year I'm, you know, in the thick of covering things. Um, but I think we've all seen how a lot of the, the rule changes throughout the regular season have affected things, the speed it up, the pace of play. Uh, and I think that's been brilliant. I think it's one of the best things baseball has done in this generation. Um, and, it, you know, as it pertains to the playoff structure, I think, you know, if your team is winning, people don't care. Um, and I think, you know, there maybe you're going to have to look at it and make some adjustments to, you know, the off days and all of these things and how the travel days are set up. Um, but, you know, at the end of it, you, you just have to come play some baseball and win some ball games. And, you know, I think these are the two teams who came out, uh, were firing on all cylinders going into the postseason, both starting in the wild card round and, and making runs. Um, so I think whether the rule changes or, or anything has affected that or not, the, the Rangers and the Diamondbacks are the two teams that have, you know, used a lot of these rules um, to their advantage and, and made these runs and won baseball games. And that's, you know, all that it takes. And, you know, personally, of the games that I'm watching, 
the games that I'm at, I think I think baseball's in a really good place with all of the rule changes that have been made. Last one from me, Kennedy. What are you looking most forward to when it comes to covering the World Series this year? Uh, I, I think all of it. I mean, it, it's a World Series. I've never been to a, a World Series game. I've never been to any professional championship. I covered the LSU National Championship in 2019. Uh, but this is a World Series. I think just being there, being in the building will be an incredibly fun time. Um, I'm looking forward to the first home run. We get the fireworks that are going to set off and the, the Nationals playing, playing around the stadium. I think there's a lot of – it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of good things to look forward to. And I'm just hoping that, you know, we get this – get this done and you know have a great time while we do it it's going to be one hell of a series between the texas rangers and the arizona diamondbacks you can find her on twitter at ken landry covering the texas rangers for mlb.com she is kennedy landry good enough to join us here on the get right as always kennedy thank you so much for the time yes, and ma'am. look forward to your coverage of the world series awesome thank you all for having me have a good one enjoy there she goes kennedy landry of mlb.com covering the texas rangers enough to join us via the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we go around the National Football League, get you caught up on the latest news and notes, including this one about this quarterback going into the weekend. Next on the Get Right. About to go around the NFL here on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. That's right. Larry D. Flores on the down for here. Really appreciate you joining us tonight on Odyssey and the Odyssey app with you for the next, uh, until 11 o'clock tonight, I should say. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, 10 steps to building a Rangers World Series team. We'll see how the athletic feels the Rangers were able to do that as they get ready for game one of the Fall Classic tomorrow night, which can be heard right here on your home of the American League champion, Texas Rangers, 105 through the payment pregame beginning at 630 tomorrow with my guy, your guy, our favorite guy, Texas Rangers insider, Jared Sand. I wonder what he's thinking right now, less than 24 hours away from first pitch of the World Series. I'm not certain, but I have a strong feeling it has something to do with baseball. <laughs> good call yep 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 that's just my best guess good call mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh at 8 20 tim cato the athletic gonna be joining us to talk a little mavericks basketball as the mavericks got a nice win to open up their season last night uh but larry let's go around the national football league right here on your home of the dallas cowboys as the cowboys continue preparations to take on the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday afternoon, their only noon game of the season for America's team. By the way, that still means Fox's A-team will be on the uh, on the call. So think about this real quick. Kevin Burkhart, mm-hmm. who leads, of course, the MLB on Fox's pre- and post-game show. That's right. Is also on the A-team for Fox in the NFL coverage. So think about the three-day span that Kevin Burkhart's about to have. You say about to. He did this last series as well. Remember on Sunday he he was not on the he was not on the table for their pre and post game show. Right, but this so, this he, time he's just flying in and out is what's happening. Well, this time he won't have to. Oh, that's right. Friday you got game one of the World Series, so he's just driving around the city. He's he's driving within a a block because he's got the noon game. With the Rams and the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium on Sunday. So Kevin Burkhart's going to do games one and two pre and post on Fox and then call Cowboys-Rams on Sunday afternoon. Oh, that, I know that man. Oof. <laughs> Oof. 
But you know what? That, that's the thing about sports is like. Oh, it's, how cool is that? Though? It's cool. <laughs> like, but at the same time, I want everybody to remember we work at sports. It's still work. Uh, they got that man working on the weekend, working, baby. Working. A good thing he doesn't have to travel far. He doesn't have to travel far. Yeah, he, can, he can spend the time in the car. Yeah. Reading them notes. <laughs> I was talking with Joe Trahan, uh, Cowboys PR, about that today. I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to have a hell of a weekend. Sure is. Uh, between Globe Life Field and AT&T Stadium. I wonder if he messes up at least one time saying the wrong team. Because <laughs> I know I'd be saying the wrong team all the time. Especially, I know y'all are parents, parents of multiple kids. Yeah, man. That happens all the time. Just yeah, wrong, wrong name all the damn time. <laughs> uh, let's go to my favorite uh, NFL correspondent. Uh, here he goes again. Uh, that would be the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. Going to have a couple updates on some quarterbacks. A couple? It's at the same time. Okay, Relax. Say, you got one. Relax. You get one. That's why I combined the report. Ian, take, take it away, please. That still remains to be seen, but certainly a positive step for the San Francisco 49ers that Brock Purdy was out of practice today, officially listed as limited, but that does indicate that he has progressed enough through the NFL's concussion protocol that he's able to get out to practice. That means he is at least in the latter stages. Generally, generally, teams would like players to be full participants in practice in order for them to be able to play. And even then, that's not the final step. Still, we need to be cleared by the independent neurologist. That could theoretically happen on Saturday, probably not Sunday, but Saturday for sure could happen. So we have not yet learned whether or not Brock Purdy is going to be on the field, but at least he is moving in the right direction on a short week. Sam Darnold would be the starter if he cannot go. I would say much simpler case for Jimmy Garoppolo, the Las Vegas Raiders starting quarterback. He was back at practice today as well. He was limited with what is termed as a back injury. My understanding is general back soreness, what caused him to miss last week's game, probably more out of precaution than anything else. The fact that he's able to get out there, there is some optimism that he should be able to play on Monday night in what is a huge, huge game for the Raiders. Okay, so... Brock Purdy moving in the right direction as he's de- dealing with uh, concussion protocol right now. Jimmy Garoppolo, my man dealing with that, uh, we were talking about trick necks earlier with uh, Tyron Smith. Back problem for Mr. Garoppolo. Uh, but it looks like he's going to be good to go to play on Monday, though. So, Jimmy? Shout out to Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess. Shout out to the Raiders because I know that they're sick. <laughs> They are such a directionless franchise, it feels like. at this point. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Is like, say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. He is not the only issue if you believe him to be a part of the issues. That's right. That's right. Uh, shout out to the 817. Uh, do you mean little baby KK? That's right. You've been watching Fox commercials. Yeah, you've been, you've been taking those commercials in. <laughs> uh, D. Craig, hashtag Tolo. Uh, so here's uh, something that's been uh, apparently happening over the last oh, 15 minutes or so. Or actually, the last 45 minutes or so. Oh, man. So check this out. Yep. This comes from Adam Schefter of ESPN. Sure. Dolphins are planning for cornerback Jalen Ramsey to make his return Sunday from the knee injury he suffered Mm -hmm. this summer, per sources. Ramsey now is expected to be back on the field three months after his knee surgery with his Dolphins debut coming versus the Patriots. To which Jalen Ramsey quote tweeted 29 minutes ago and said, quote, so this is why I just got a crazy amount of text. Well, this is news to me. MFers don't care about being right. They care about being first in the media. That's sad. Quote tweeting Adam Schefter. Now he continues his tweet. Okay. He replies to himself. Sure. Uh, quote, I'm an at Adam Schefter fan, by the way. So not mad at him at all for doing his job. 
I was just, I just didn't know. And then 10 minutes ago, he gets back on the Twitter. Of course, as we all do. Yep. And he says, quote, full transparency. There's a chance that I can play this Sunday, but that decision genuinely isn't made. So that is news to me, just like it is to y'all. No, it's not news. It's not news to us. Adam Schefter told us. I don't know what you're talking about, (laughs) Jalen. He said, I have to go through a whole process to feel great enough to play. I won't play if I feel any less than great, end quote, to which he says and replies to himself again. I'm a glass half full type of guy, though, so I'm claiming a great two days for my body in hopes to turn uh, to turn up come Sunday. I must have looked good in mm. practice today. Yeah, right. Jalen did all that talking when all he could have he could have done was sat there and ate his food. <laughs> is what he could have done. <laughs> See, you notice how all them tweets kept coming because he felt milky and he was trying to walk it. He was trying to walk himself dad back to a place. That felt, hey man, look, the tough thing about this is like these insiders, they do have a lot of conversations with folks inside. Correct. I don't know why you felt like you was going to get, like, why did you feel the need to try and dunk on him? Why did you <laughs> feel like not that Not only was... did try to dunk on him and then start to walk it back. Well, you know, there is actually a good chance that I do play on Sunday. And look, I, I get it from his perspective where he was like, hey man, where'd he get that from? But instead of doing that, you probably need to be like, he heard that from somewhere. Let me investigate on the inside, who, like why, why, why my right. business is out here as opposed to trying to dunk on him on the internet. <laughs> like, who tell them my business, David? I wanted to make that announcement. He's, he started real strong. And we, who, ha, who amongst us has not been in that place where you start real loud and then you end up with, oh my well, 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 but on the other hand, you know. My bad. I didn't mean, to, I didn't mean to jump you like that. My bad, dog. <laughs> this feels like he wanted to just announce this himself. And Schefter does have the uh, the tendency at times to, uh, you know, spoil things oh yeah no they they get you know the the news breakers yes. of every sport they get ahead of things maybe sometimes too early Correct. right and tom brady's retirement absolutely <laughs> um so i i hear the general like i hear the general place that Jalen ramsey was coming from yes but now you got out there because you wanted to make a point <laughs> now you're feeling just a little <laughs> made all that noise just to actually I, I, let me walk it back I actually little, i probably am gonna yeah. play on on Sunday. When you could have just sat there and ate your food. Or you know what he could have done? What could he have done? He could have quote tweeted Adam Schefter and said, you're right, Adam. I am going to play on Sunday. Well, I mean. It could have been that. Or he could have just not quote tweeted him. That's my point. <laughs> Some t- I, I think that's, I think that's a way, social media. he took media, the wrong route. <laughs> a social media strategy that we all, that we all need, to, we need to embrace a little bit. Sometimes you don't always have to respond <laughs> is, is the lesson of the story. Sometimes that is the best policy. Uh, speaking of the Dolphins, uh, Jalen Ramsey allegedly might be re- uh, joined by Tyreek Hill. Uh, he's been dealing with a hip injury. That's right. He declared himself good to go uh, as he was a limited participant in practice, but he says he will play Sunday against the New England Patriots. To so. which Tua Tungavailoa and Mike McDaniel said, phew. <laughs> we were worried for a second. I mean, he's going to probably go for 1,000 yards in the game against them, but at the same time. He's going to hit 1,000 or go for 1,000. Those are different things. Yes. Okay, fantastic. Yes. Uh, of course, he has not missed a game. He has not missed a game since the 2020 NFL season and, of course, leads the NFL with 902 receiving yards in seven games and is on pace to set the NFL record with 2,190 receiving yards. Yeah, that's a man that said, I, I, I got out here and I told these people I was going to get 2,000 yards. And I can't fall off pace. That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> I got like a job to do. I got a record to break. 
My favorite part, again, I always say this because it blows my mind. Yes. The fact that the Chiefs were like, you know what? We can move on from them. We'll be okay. I honestly, like, I understood the the dynamics and the, you know, the thought process on that move. And they they haven't been hurt by it, necessarily. They won a Super Bowl the very next season they moved on from them. And that's not to say that there has not been a a, a step back in the production. They sure. just They just re- recognized that it was going to have to go just a little bit different. And quiet as it's kept, one of the best defenses in the league. That's right. Yep, 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 <laughs> the yep, Chiefs yep. are really good. Yep. Um... Xavier Howard's got a growing injury. Jalen Waddle's got a back injury. Connor Williams, their center, has got a growing injury. Uh, they were all li- limited Thursday as far as their participation in practice was concerned. So Mike McDaniel's team doing with a lot of injuries right now in Miami. Uh, from the 6A2, Adam Schefter's a legend. That's a little much. Um, never forget he dunked on Andrew Luck. Oh, that's right, because he prematurely announced his you know retirement. Which I didn't. While he feel, was on the sideline, I didn't feel like it was dunking on. But you know, again, Andrew Luck did not get in a place where he was like, "I need to go out here and say that he's wrong." Just like that's tough. He's like, "I'll just tell you after the game." Yeah, it's now what I didn't like, and we look—we oh. don't have time to relitigate this. You remember how the Colts fans started booing that man in the stadium? That was reckless. Real nasty. Business. That, that, there was no reason for that. Real nasty business. <laughs> that was crazy. That's your trip around the NFL here. On the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, 10 steps that built this current World Series team for your Texas Rangers. We detail it next on the Get Right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 